Hello, Ivo. Welcome to the Creative Insider Podcast. How are you doing? Hi, Georgi. Uh, I'm fine. Thank you. A lot of things have happened recently, but yeah, here I am. <laughs> we yeah. postponed it once, so I hope. This yeah, time I, I, I like that that you were the only uh, one of the few guests that just postponed the like the appointment and. Uh, I accepted it and we didn't do extra text and then you just showed up at the, uh, I, I was a little bit of, I uh, was, um, because I liked not to text too much with my guests because otherwise I would need to text with everybody. And yeah. I like that uh, we didn't text too much, but I thought, oh, maybe he won't do it anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um... Yeah, we, we had some car trouble. I was in the middle of the mountain, a uh, mountain, and uh, yeah, that that that's the story. Um, so um, I want to tell you how I got to know about you. I, I usually whether I find some people and I find them interesting, or people talk to me about some people that um, I should check on, and this was the case with you. One guy on Twitter texted me and said, uh, hey, look, uh, you're doing this podcast and uh, there is this guy, Ivo, you have to check his Instagram and his work is awesome. really good. <laughs> and I was like, okay, let's do it because I like to invite uh, Bulgarian guests on the podcast. So you can introduce a little bit yourself, who you are, what you do, what exactly is your work. Uh, well, you've seen my Instagram, so you're probably not familiar with the rest of my work. Uh, the Instagram started quite recently actually um, I didn't have it and uh, I decided to to uh, have myself uh, to make myself one and uh, start posting regularly um, but this is not the my main work um, it's it's only my AI work currently and um, I am a musician, I'm a 3D motion graphics designer. Uh, I have like uh, 10 years of uh, web development, front-end UI, UX work behind me. And uh, yeah, and I play a couple of bands. I own a record label, <laughs> produce about around 10 artists currently. And yeah, so a lot of, a lot of things around me hustling a lot oh, i like that uh, all around uh, creative and designer uh but i'm curious what was like mm, i always ask this because it's uh you know when i want to i want to understand a person all, all around or all, all 360 degrees and uh if somebody's listening also to to give them an idea about uh how was your um, path towards becoming a professional designer artist musician um was there a moment in your life where you decided that you you will pursue this uh, path towards creativity as a profession or did it happen naturally is your family background maybe very involved into yeah th these kind of things uh well in a way it has always been like uh, my path uh i come from a family of painters and I've been uh, trained as, as a painter, um, probably around back when I was 13 years old, I got into DJing uh, music. Uh, I kind of uh, 
went that way for a while and decided to to explore music and uh, music production then because you need promotion anyways i start I, I got into graphic design to make my own posters and flyers and all that uh, promotional work and um started building websites and um uh, because uh, the scene in bulgaria is kind of kind of limited uh, i had to build like a couple of websites uh, that are like for interviews and uh, promoting other people's parties and all that um, so I can get more um, more of a community around that and have like a larger audience to promote too and um, yeah so this is the moment I I realized that I, I have to keep doing graphics and uh, it was interesting um, then probably around 21 after i graduated high school i decided to to go and study uh so i went to london uh did a foundation course in art and design then i uh, did another ba in uh, digital media design and after that i uh, followed with a master's in uh, computational arts and yeah, that kind of uh... <laughs> that was your path, so to say. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. But um, what, which university did you go to? Or because um, it's very various. It's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, mean I, I went to uh, my my foundation and BA were uh, I, I graduated from uh, London University of the Arts, and my master's is uh, from uh, Goldsmiths uh, College. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there are two separate main universities in, in London. And what, your master sounded really interesting. Was uh, something like you said... Uh, Com computational arts. Um, uh, what exactly is that? Cause sounds, um, because we had a lot of computational designers on the podcast, which yeah. do like these parametric or computer generated designs that are more related to architecture, but was was specifically in your case computational uh, arts? Computational arts is a field of study that um, is on the it, it crosses uh, like uh, com uh, computer science and programming and uh, in the context of arts, like uh, visual arts, maybe even audio, but I, I, I mainly focused on visuals. Um, so it, in, in like standard uh, art education, you'll be studying how to use uh, computer software to achieve a specific uh, project you're working on. Um, but in computational arts, it's about uh, developing your own tools to, to, to produce work instead of actually learning uh, learning ready-made software packages. So basically it's a little bit like programming your software to make design. Yeah, 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 yeah. For example, if you need like, a, a, let's say a graphic, of like a, a static graphic, you will go on in processing or some, some like a language which is uh, catered for like, uh, for graphics and you write your own code to display the graphic and uh, you wouldn't be touching nothing like Photoshop or, or Illustrator or something like that. Um, same for video, you'll be 
developing your own filters, uh, video uh, effects and all that, um, or you'll be working on uh, like with sensors and uh, Arduinos, Raspberry Pis or like uh, cameras for like uh, uh, face tracking or body tracking to have an interactive installation or something like this, like, like this. It sounds interesting. Uh, have you seen lately uh, what I find a lot on the web? Maybe I don't know if you said uh, you've seen this. Um, it's becoming very, very popular. This um, mid journey, it's called. It's yeah, like, I, I'm a bit beta tester of, of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've been for like a couple of months now, probably uh, three, four. <laughs> what is that somehow connected to what you were studying before? Uh, well. Mid Journey is a uh, AI that is uh, it's called uh, text to image. Um, it's one of the most advanced ones uh, currently, but it's being developed by a private company and uh, it's currently in beta testing. And um, yeah, I had the chance to be one of the uh, first wave early adopters um, and testers. Um, but we we actually don't have uh, access to the code base. So it's basically in a way just uh, working with, with the with the tool they've developed and um, getting like an output, uh, like graphics. Uh, basically, basically, you write like, I don't know. Uh, a prompt, write... text prompt, you ask, you add the bot and uh, it gives you a, a picture. How long it, it, it does it take seconds for it to generate an image? Yeah, yeah, uh, it's quite fast. It runs on a 100 NVIDIA graphics cards and uh, it's extremely fast. And it, it generates variation or does it generate like one the same image if you write the same thing? Uh, well, it, it currently generates four, uh, four variations and you can ask it for more from each uh, individual output it gives you. Um, this is the same principle. It's not the first one. Uh, this, uh, there's like a couple of them currently in the mainstream. Um, you may have heard of uh, Disco Diffusion or uh, VQGAN. It's uh, or DALI of OpenAI. Um, it's it's getting big. Actually, OpenAI uh, was responsible for the whole thing. They released a, a language text, uh, text text language interpreter, uh, which is the basis of all of them. Um, it will understand your text input and translate it into an image. Yeah, it's 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 getting crazy. I, I think like I I start feeling more and more obsolete. I've been talking about um, uh, this before on the podcast because I'm working architecture, and uh, when there are very complex buildings, some offices write a script that generates the floor plans of the building because yeah. it would be too complicated to have a worker on each floor. And uh, it's getting everywhere. <laughs> it's getting I'm, images. Yeah, AI. I've 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 been actually focusing on AI uh, quite a lot over the past year and a half. Uh, more and more, 
Um, I'm actually as well beta testing uh, DALI 2 of OpenAI. I've got my own um, AI uh, scripts I've been working on as well. The main work on my Instagram is actually uh, custom made uh, AI and trained by myself. And uh, uh, there's there's like tons of it. There's like uh, text to 3D, which will generate your object. Uh, there is like um, a lot of video enhance enhancement tools you can work, uh, you can use. There's like style transfer, image style transfer, uh, AIs. Uh, There's so many and keep coming. <laughs> it's literally impossible to actually keep track of all. Uh, but it's interesting and I, I don't find it uh, scary. Many people in the community are getting uh, are getting scared by it, but I, I think of it as a tool that uh, enhances your work, in, and I don't think it, it will be replacing us anytime soon. How how does this work with like machine learning? So basically, these yeah. algorithms go through images on the web and then they know how to combine them. Yeah, there there is data collection. Uh, uh, services and there's like a lot of uh, like databases uh, that are like images tagged and uh, screened for like, I mean, so there's no like uh, violence content or or such. Um, and then the the machine learning algorithm is being trained on, on it and it will pick up features color schemes, um, like positions, uh, general shapes and stuff, and learn how a specific uh, item or object would look like. And uh, once you write a prompt, uh, it will uh, generate, synthesize uh, an image based on what it's learned. Um, as well, they're like... The, I applied yeah. today for the email, for the beta testing of Midjourney, but I didn't. I can give you an invite. I can give you. Oh, that's fine. Then let's yeah. do that after the yeah. podcast, because I wanted to generate like an image. I was thinking, let me let me try to see because everybody like, um, you yes. know, it gets uh, exponentially hyped. Like there is one person shares an image of mid journey and then in two three days you find everybody sharing images of mid journeys yeah. absolutely uh, uh, it's it's getting crazy um we i mean couple of uh, of us in the community of mid journey uh when we got the first uh, wave invites and we uh one of the one of the guys chris uh made a facebook group and that was like three months ago perhaps around two months and uh we started the the Facebook group, uh, the Facebook group, and uh, that group currently has about, about thirty thousand people. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we were sharing invites and like uh, growing it. Now, one thing that uh, so far in the conversation uh, make me think about your background is that you said you come from a family of painters, and then uh, with thirteen you said you started DJing, so you started being passionate about music, and then through yeah. music you needed to make like the covers of your um, songs or also the flyers of the parties and things like that yeah, yeah. and then uh, you did uh, web design design um, it's computational all art <laughs> yeah but um, 
how long or like was basically since somehow uh, since were you lucky then you find what you love since such an early age and you gather all this skill set because it i don't know if people can understand this but to be able to produce music to be able to script code like you said yourself to yeah. be able to design all the notions about design like hierarchy colors uh, grid and everything it's a lot of knowledge so yeah definitely <laughs> it is how did it's... you and also like if you if i go to your i mean people i can i'll put a link of course in the in the podcast description but if i go to your instagram you do also this the, like the art you do i don't know but it's crazy good like it's um it's a very or very high level so I'm, i'm thinking how how long did it took you to gather all this knowledge and skills and nowadays how is your day structured in order to, <laughs> to do all of this it's uh actually it's quite insane uh i mean i never thought i'll be branching so much into different uh areas of arts and uh, audio but it's it happened naturally and i literally cannot think of dropping anything um it probably to i'm not i'm not that good of a coder uh but i mean i'm fine to do whatever i i need to do uh for my work and um for example uh but let's let's say in uh, visual arts uh i i encompass everything as visual arts because it's very difficult to to like split the different stuff i do but uh i i mean i'm trained painter so i, I kind of uh, got the 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 color uh schemas and all that um as as natural i don't know i i, I don't find difficult to uh, produce an image um but it took me let's say in i actually started with 3d in my ba uh it took me about four to five years to to get around to be consistent in uh in learning the 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 cg softwares um like i'm i'm currently using uh mainly cinema 4d but i I do know Houdini and I know all the rest of the packages like uh I I use Blender from time to time um I use a couple of different rendering engines um I actually got involved into uh Unreal Engine and uh, Unity um as a well, touch designer and uh like live uh, visual uh, tools like uh, Resolve for VJing um Have you used Octane for Cinema 4D? Yeah, Octane is my main renderer. Yeah, because the, it, it looks like Octane one when I see the renders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh mainly I use Octane. Uh I'm trying to escape Octane. Uh Why I, so? Well, uh, uh it's probably because uh I I'm pushing it too much for stuff uh it isn't best suited for. Uh it always i always hit some limit and uh let's say i'll, I'll build like a massive uh, simulation with like uh, billions of polygons i just can't cannot render them i'm currently working on a video for uh, for uh, my last song and uh i went 
to i mean i've got a scene with like uh about i don't know 80 million particles uh or so maybe i'm i'm i might be speaking but yeah uh, i you know i want to render them as uh as ge geometry instead of uh particles so they can uh, cast shadows and all that and uh, it's just not possible <laughs> okay just crashes all the time i i see a lot of uh computers around you do you have like um what is it called like a render farm around you uh well I've, I've got uh three gpus in that one and i've got two in the north one over here uh, it's not a render farm but it's getting sort of there <laughs> do you do you also build all the computers yourself do you have that technical knowledge to yeah, yeah 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 i actually do uh, electronics as well there's a i don't know i do like a, a modular uh synthesizer so like microelectronics um and i do uh, custom controllers for my performances um so that's that's and i've got a 3d printer over there i'm into fabricating stuff as well <laughs> you're, you're making feel me stupid <laughs> no come on i mean in a way if you if you uh think of it they're all connected uh i mean yeah but they're all connected but they're also not connect like every single thing takes time like yeah yeah I, definitely definitely yeah i don't know I, and then you learn uh some of the hardest software out there like i mean maybe cinema 4d is not that hard to learn but i know that houdini is quite a quite a puzzle yeah uh, houdini is actually I, I mean it's not that bad but probably you, you need to have a little bit of background knowledge into logic uh, and like node based uh, environments um i happen to uh learned that a while ago with max msp i don't know if you've heard it uh max no. msp is a uh, uh, like object-oriented uh, node-based uh, programming language uh and uh, long story short it was uh, the audio engine for nexus uh, uh next next os of uh, the company that uh, um, uh Oh man, Apple guys are gonna hate me now. Uh, <laughs> it's um, like an Apple-based program or what? No, no, it was uh, the audio engine for the operating system of uh, Next uh, Next OS, uh, Next Computers, or whatever. Yeah, it was. Next, like the computer. Yeah, that... yeah, yeah. And then they they split and uh, uh, became a separate uh, software package for audio and video live audio and video coding and uh i went i i i i i got into it in 2012 when i moved in in london and uh i kind of got interested in in interactive installations and uh this was one of the main tools i used uh, to build my first first uh, custom softwares and yeah the whole principle of it uh is that not based environment where you where where you have objects and connect them uh it's it's quite common now but it, like 10 15 years ago was uh it was the beginning of it yeah and one thing that i've been thinking also is that of course you have gathered all this knowledge but also you have to you know have time to even play around yeah, in your software yeah. 
Um, how did you manage when you moved to London? Did you have like a scholarship or did your family support you or did you need to extra work on the side? I, I was working part-time. Um, I mean, my family was supporting me, but uh, not entirely. Okay. Uh, so I had to still work. Um, London is, is freaking expensive. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I, I never took uh, living cost loans. I just uh, uh, got the ones for tuitions. And... But what um, what did you like? You kind of started uh, hustling since you were younger because also it was natural, as you said, because uh, it's a family of painters. You started painting and then the rest. And uh, what was like the f- first gigs, professional gigs that you got also in London? Did you I, work in the field or did you do just jobs to maintain it? Well, uh, no. Uh, so basically I was uh, doing web development before I went to London to study. Uh, I had like, a, I, I was doing freelance uh, websites and like graphic graphic design for for posters and all that um and when i went to when i moved to london i kept doing that uh, on the site and uh, my first job was uh, uh was um probably my second year and i started working for a for a web development company uh studio and so i was doing like four to five six hours a day uh for them and that was an income um, and I kept doing that for a while, probably two or three years. Um, then I had a break uh, to finish my BA uh, and after that I, I kept working full time. Um, so this is this is pretty much it. Yeah, that happens like quite a lot, doesn't it? Like I think Beeple also was like working in some web development uh, company. It's sort of like when you start designing something and then it's computer related, you start playing around with this tool and that other tool and then it suddenly becomes uh, more and more. Yeah. Um, and um, so you, you did the whole education in London and uh, after London, did you uh, directly after you finished, you decided to to go back to Bulgaria? No, or I st- how was it? I stayed. I stayed cup for a couple of years. Uh, kept working. Um, I went to a couple of different companies. Uh, at some point, some personal issues uh, uh, came into. <laughs> existence and I had to I had to move as well I wasn't actually quite happy with the whole Brexit situation um, when when did you go back to Bulgaria would you uh, to what was it 2019 uh, I, I came back to Bulgaria right uh, before the pandemic perfect yeah just 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 arrived for the pandemic and got locked for a couple of years <laughs> yeah but uh, I came here, I started playing music again. I had, uh, well, I actually, one of the main reasons behind my move to London was uh, because I wanted to to grow my music career, which didn't actually happen that way. Uh, 
what did happen was uh, my graphics, uh, like 3D motion graphics and all that uh, stuff took off. And uh, I went, I, I, I got into more of a programming for graphics and, and um, but as uh, soon as I, I got back here, I started DJing again. I started playing uh, with a guy from a band called Morians. Um, over the last year, I've, I've uh, hooked up with another uh, singer we, uh, that we work with uh, currently. And uh, yeah, also I, I was, uh, I was, until recently, I was uh, working for a, a multimedia company, one of the main ones in Bulgaria, for uh, uh, projection mapping and uh, like the three D motion graphics and interactive work. Um, this is like VFX, like special. Yeah, VFX. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Uh, called no. Electric Electric Me. I don't know if yeah. Probably no, I've, I've, ne I've never heard of them. It's it's an awesome company <laughs> with awesome people. <clears throat> no, I know that um, in Bulgaria uh, there are a lot of those companies because there is the um, what is called Boyana Studios, right? Like they do yeah. uh, Hollywood movies, uh, and uh, of course around that starts building up also all the other services, not only the shooting, so to say. Uh, yeah, 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 I mean, uh, there is a, apart from the movie industry that uh, keeps a lot of uh, VFX jobs around, uh, there is a lot of, uh, I think, I, I actually, I, I realized that quite recently, uh, there is a lot of uh, architectural and like um, building visualization work around here as well. Uh, I see a lot of people in 3D, which are in uh, from that background. Um, yeah, I, I know that we had quite a few of them on the podcast because, um, yeah, the um, architectural um, industry, it's a little bit complex and involved a lot of politics yeah. and paperwork. <laughs> and uh, uh, the, the, the more untransparent it gets, as you may imagine, <laughs> harder it is to get the jobs. And uh, people are like, okay, I'm just rather gonna go do VFX 3Ds and work on international stage and I don't care. And uh, yeah. and um, that's also like V-Ray, it's Bulgarian company. Yeah, V-Ray as well, there's a couple of games, game studios. Um... Yeah. Chaos group, yeah, Chaos group, they're, they're, they're doing amazing work. I, I wish I, I learned their render. <laughs> I think, yeah, you'll get it in a couple of hours. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm definitely I'm sure, but I, I probably never gonna switch. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, uh, slowly, all of the uh, main one, for example, for Argus belong to them. They bought um, Corona, which is also yeah. like uh, what an unhappy yeah. name to give to your brand. <laughs> Um, and then there is like, um, they bought lately or they merged together with Enscape, which is this crazy, it's, a, a again, a built-in render for several, it's mainly for the architectural industry where you can just, it's getting super easy for whatever you want to use. It just, it's like a video game. You just plug in this thing, set up, 
I mean, yeah, Nvidia is pushing their, I don't know if you've seen it, uh, uh, what was it called, like uh, Omnisphere, where it's like all, all software packages are linked together uh, into a live environment where you can literally, let's say, build an asset in uh, Maya or uh, 3D as Max and whatever, and it will, uh, you can do collaborative work uh, with people uh, with different software packages, uh, render real time and all that. Uh, it's, it's, it's insane. Um, yeah, no, definitely. And and so when you, um, before you came back to Bulgaria, did you have a job in London or were you already like solo hustling? Uh, a transition to another uh, country or how, I, how was the plan? What was the plan if there was a plan? <laughs> uh, no, no, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I, I, I wanted to, to have a break from London completely. So I've, uh, when I decided to finally move, uh, I was like, I left my job, I left my house, packed my things, <laughs> came back and I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? Uh, Let's have a break for a couple of months. Let's see. Let's like uh, enjoy enjoy my summer. Uh, get myself a breathing space to think clearly and all that. And because it's 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 a difficult step. Like I I mean it, it's ten years of your life. Uh, you don't switch right away and go into another job. And you know it's it's uh, as well the life here and there is completely different uh the the speed it moves with uh yeah so i i had to i had to <laughs> have a, a little bit of time for myself and uh after that you you came up with the idea of the music label no no the music label i started in 2012 in london actually um, okay it's still a registered company in london uh um I I came I mean I started job in Sofia so I moved to Sofia I'm actually from Pomoye which is a sea coast uh, town small town uh, when I came back in Bulgaria I went to my hometown and uh, stayed there for the summer until the end of the winter actually uh, and moved like probably six to nine months after that and moved to Sofia to for that job um, in electric me. Um, no, cool. Yeah, it's uh, I'm like uh, I'm always amazed uh, how highly motivated are uh, people in Bulgaria that are coming from outside of Sofia, because I I have this um, for people who don't know in Bulgaria there is this very strong division between Sofia. It's a bit like France is between Paris and the rest of the of the country. Uh, yeah, and. Uh, I was born in Sofia, but actually never lived there. Like my, yeah. most of my conscious life, I was abroad. So for me, I was never like part of it. Um, and um, it's a very, very curious thing. Um, how was for you moving from London to Sofia also? Like uh, how is the design scenery, music scenery compared between the two cities? I mean, uh, Sofia is a nice city, don't get me wrong, but it's not my favorite city and uh, it still cannot uh, catch me <laughs> in a way that I would love to. Uh, 
I it's don't want to bash it, but <laughs> no, be honest, uh, be honest. Go ahead. Well, I I don't have a favorite music uh, space to be honest. Uh, the music scene is uh, kind of very different to me, and I've never liked it. Uh, before I went to London, that was probably one of the main reasons. Uh, now it's getting better, but still not my kind of cup of tea. Um, I mean, I respect all the people, uh, like all the DJs, lots of them are my friends, uh, there's a lot of bands, but uh, I still need, I mean, probably that's uh, kind of a promoter's uh, area which they need to improve, uh, that hasn't happened uh, still. Uh, I want to see a lot of uh, underground new, like, up-and-coming artists coming to play uh, instead of uh, the same old like super famous uh, like DJs or bands and all that uh, that will certainly make the venue full but uh, I mean I've seen them all uh, I'm not interested in like repeating the same uh, music acts all the time uh, I want like uh, fresh music, you know. If uh, the art scene, on the other hand, I'm not quite familiar with. Uh, I still don't know most of the main galleries. I don't have time to actually visit much of them. Uh, there's a lot of people doing like uh, visual and interactive work I like, but uh, I don't see much happening into into galleries or spaces. Uh, especially when I'm I'm used to what what was happening in London. Uh, it seems like it's non-existent here. Um, there's a lot of uh, place for improvement, definitely. Um, but I see there's a lot of talented people around as well. Um, no, definitely. And um, so, so you you went to this job for? Are you still working for this company for VFX? And I I left uh, in January. Uh, decided to focus on my personal uh, artworks and music as well. Um, currently not employed. I do. I, I play with my with the couple of bands I I'm playing in, and uh, yeah, I do freelance visual works. What what kind of music actually do you do you? Play uh, well, with uh, the band called Morians, is kind of a, I, I do like uh, percussions and drums. Um, uh, the band is a main kind of ska punk uh, rock kind of band. Um, with uh, there is a singer called Milanita. I don't know if you know her. Uh, with her, we do like a trip hop uh, kind of electronic, semi electronic music. Um, and my my solo thing is uh, as a DJ is uh, some mixture between hip hop breaks and uh, towards electro, um, and I produce uh, mainly electronic music as as a solo act. Yeah. So it's it's all over the place again. Yeah, it's again it's everything. It's like. Um... It's like you cannot get your favorite. You cannot pick a favorite. You just mm. you for me, it's, it's, for me, it's kind of um, if it if it gets me going. Like if there is a groove, I I'm fine with it. I don't I don't like uh, putting borders or limitations. Uh, it's about 
it's about the feeling it's about the i mean there's music for every situation i i i suppose it's like with everyone even the listener doesn't listen to one style of music or like you wake up in the morning you want to like happy and like uh, groovy music to get you on sometimes you're depressed you want to go into a dark like kind of uh, sound uh, same with me depending on the mood I'll, I'll be making different, different music i listen to more and more podcasts to be honest <laughs> ah, yeah well <laughs> People listen to podcasts, not to music. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, definitely does. Specifically to this one. No, I'm joking. No, <laughs> definitely. Music is something, I don't know. You cannot listen the same um, music when you're working out and the same music uh, when you're sad, sad or happy. I mean, there are maybe some songs that overlap, but, uh, you know, sometimes you have the real mood of maybe older music, newer music, yeah. more electronic, so it changes. It's like, uh, I don't know, it's like food. It's like you cannot yeah. eat the same thing all the time. Um, and did you, because, I mean, for the people who are listening and they will go check uh, your uh, work or maybe we just edit some images of what you do here um, in the video. Um, did you join the NFT game? Because like your uh, work right. is very NFT. <laughs> no, I'm anti-crypto actually quite... Uh... No crypto, man. No, actually, the, there's a story too. Um, when I moved to London back in, in 2010, uh, it, the, in 2011, Bitcoin came around uh, and it was the early days because I'm like a computer guy, like a geek. Uh, I started like uh, mining and all that. Um, supporting the network believing in the the liberal side of it uh, but uh, i was young i mean at, at that point i was probably what 23 24 years old maybe maybe around that time i didn't know much about politics and economics and all that um and you know you start to believe uh the the generalizations you hear all the time like governments are bad uh, banks are bad and all that and you want to you know make a revolution financial revolution all, all that shit. and uh, at some point i got more and more interested into it i got scammed a couple of times with all my bitcoins and all that uh, and started to get interested more and more into economics and uh quickly realized uh, the whole crypto uh, system, especially when you understand the, the technology side of it, uh, it it's never going to work. I mean, it, it has a, it had its moment probably in the early days that that's the point when it wasn't mainstream, there wasn't exchanging between uh, currencies like uh, non-cryptocurrencies like dollar and euro so a bitcoin theoretically would only work in crypto in general will only work if it's not uh, linked to any currency um, in its own kind of balloon otherwise if it's linked it's never going to work it's it's not a good replacement it 
technically is much worse than whatever banks are doing. Uh, it's slow and uh, it, it doesn't fit purpose. Uh, NFTs, kind of the same story. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's just a writing in a blockchain. It doesn't safeguard you from anything. It also can be stolen. Uh, I don't see the point of it. <laughs> You're really like the anti-crypto. You're like <laughs> now breaking all the, like I did, I don't know how many podcasts about NFT and people being excited and saying that it, it's going to be the future. <laughs> no, 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 I definitely understand the excitement. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's a lot of... Uh, mm, I see why people are liking it. I know why people are liking it. I mean, a lot of people that are being left, uh, have been left over like many years, uh, especially artists uh, with digital works. Uh, they've never had market, never had communities, never had uh, any means of uh, selling their digital artworks. And there comes uh, the NFT with the promise. Uh, it's uh, uh, like, it 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 um, it's a right. Uh, it it will. Sorry, I'm getting. <laughs> uh, it will. Uh, how is it called? Uh, it's it will sort the right holder kind of uh, problem, but it it doesn't the copyrights and all that. It's completely so, so much more complex than just writing a. a first entry into the database. It's not, it's not that easy. Uh, copyrights are very complex and people are getting hurt. Artists all over the place are being ripped off and uh, uh, copied and resold in different uh, platforms. Yeah, and but all I that. think this is just the beginning. It's like everything when it gets wild, like, you know, it's like always wild west in the beginning, like uh, with the web. With the thing the, is, uh, people forget, people forget. Uh, yeah, I know that's a, that's, that's the main point that crypto enthusiasts uh, keep repeating, but uh, they always forget uh, uh, the idea behind crypto is uh, to be like, to not be like, to be de decentralized and have, and uh, blockchain is the authority and not another agency, government agency to step in and like courts and all that to to solve problems. So the idea behind crypto is not uh, to have like a main central authority which will deal with copyrights, but the blockchain itself is the proof for copyright, which it isn't. And uh, uh, at the same time, you, you're like uh, pushing to uh, promote a, pro a system which shouldn't be reliant on uh, governments and agencies uh, to deal like to sort copyrights and uh, when the issue is there uh, you go and and still need the the, the government to come and sort the mess and uh, that's the that's I, I don't see the point of it I mean you 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 can do this copywriting without the the whole blockchains stuff and you don't need it uh if you if you're gonna be reliant on like uh courts and like uh lawyers to sort copyrights and all that uh, so it's kind of why why do you do it i i think the the ideology for sure shifted since the beginning of, uh <laughs> like uh, now it's more it's uh, about sales it's about sales uh, yeah it's, maybe it's also that 
Not so much the ideology, it's more like the technology. Like, uh, it's a new, like, it's unrealistic to think that we're going to do a completely decentralized system because no. it's just yeah. very hard uh, from the political point of view, right? Like, because um, if you have now a lot of power in the current status quo, it's going to be like, you're going to fight it back. So you... You're gonna, you're gonna avoid I mean, it. I think technology will still be like somehow useful. Well, blockchains are databases anyway. Uh, if you uh, leave the, the hype around like uh, cryptocurrencies and NFTs, uh, there is uh, applications for them. One of the main ones we, uh, which is probably the first in, the best example of it is uh, GitHub, which is a Merkle tree uh, system, which is reliant on the same kind of basic technology underneath. Um, there's no. like, yeah, there's like a lot of, I, 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 I've read a lot of, actually, do you know what, what one of the more uh, interesting uh, applications for it I've actually found myself uh, and probably the most useful one uh, is uh, uh, Octane's uh, render coin kind of thing. Uh, but it's, uh, you don't, I mean, the render coin is basically you rent out your GPUs uh, for other artists to use and you get like render coins. And then when, when you need them, you can render, uh, you can spend them for rendering and uh, but it's it has nothing to do with trade or like uh, money or whatever it's just like a shared uh, kind of resources system which i find particularly good uh, to be honest um i think this sort of uh, applications for it will definitely uh, take off i i think um it's gonna it's definitely gonna get slower like um, the application of it is going to slower a little bit because of for example the energy crisis we are experiencing yeah. and because this whole movement of this kind of coins along the blockchain it's very energy intensive and that's something that i i i'm concerned about i think uh, yeah there's one for now there's... it's unsustainable yeah, definitely unsustainable. Another thing is like uh, not even the energy itself, but like the problem it makes with like computational uh, computational resources. Like uh, there is a shortage of computer chips of all kind because of it, and this is gonna. I mean, the speculation, the price speculation they do with coins, with the coins, uh, with the currencies, uh, is making the the whole thing really bad. Uh, Although now there's like a massive crash. Uh, yeah. I, really, I really hope it crashes much more. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now let's be honest. How many Bitcoins did you mine and how many did you sell for like $2? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I probably had like uh, one of my first sales, like 80, 80 Bitcoins or whatever was for like less than $8. <laughs> Uh, see, that's why you hate it. <laughs> no, no. Why? Well, I, I mean, if you if you're in a mining game, uh, especially early on, you you never 
think of Bitcoin becoming that big? Uh, I mean, you mine, you sell all the time, so it's not like uh, you kept your coins forever and all that. I've actually lost a couple of wallets as well. I've a couple uh, empty Gox disappeared with some of my coins. Uh, there's a bit bargain uh, um, exchange, one of the early ones uh, in like a UK exchange. It, it uh, yeah, it got liquidated or something, and uh, I had a wallet over there with money, and it disappeared again. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you maybe find. I think if you find one uh, with like just two, three bitcoins, you'll still be like okay. Yeah, this point probably, but I don't. I don't keep my hopes up now. <laughs> Despite the crash of the market for two, three bitcoins, you still can be can be in a better place. I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't have a real opinion about it. We'll see. I think that um, it's something that people should um, at least learn about and then make their own uh, evaluation. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm neither for it, neither against it. Um, I'm like, I wanted to do some NFTs for just um you know i wanted for example to turn the covers of the podcast episodes into nfts yeah. and sort of the owners of those nfts to give them special access to a special community uh but then once i've heard how much energy expansion and co2 uh it's needed for a single nft i thought okay this is not like uh it's not a piece of art that I don't know, has to be completely like, I don't know, unique in some way, or I don't know. I always think it has to have a real value for the person that owns something. So for now, the the plan is off the table, but in the future, if it gets more... Well, you know, Time, Time Magazine uh, made a couple of their covers uh, as NFTs and sold them. Um, there's like a big uh, clean NFTs movement. Um, they use like uh, proof of uh, what was it? Proof uh, POS uh, proof of um, oh, hell. <laughs> I can't remember the, the abbreviation, but uh, yeah. Yeah, it's... but this is like a little bit. Um... Let's be honest. It's a little bit of bullshit. Like once you, yeah, once you use the energy, you can put every like I w I work in this, for example, um, green green buildings. When they say uh, this building is green, it's platinum certificated, is CO two neutral and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah. That's total. Like it's not true because, I mean, you still use like tracks that that bring the materials you still use all the machinery the digs and all the cranes and all the generators and i don't know you ship metal parts from china or from somewhere far away so it's kind of a matter of label and not a matter of facts it's like it's not really yeah, yeah so i'm not into these things these are green it's like uh i don't know here in yeah Germany, that's energy the energy illusion like the energy cost illusion is is massive uh like one of the 
bigger biggest uh, energy con like uh, pollution and like con consuming materials is concrete it takes up like i don't know 20 to 40 percent of the worldwide energy to be produced and uh, concrete and steel as well uh actually uh there is a guy i um uh, it's one of the bill gates advisors uh forgot his name but he's uh the expert in vaccines and 5G. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's like uh, he's like uh, energy, like uh, consultant uh, to to Bill Gates, and uh, this guy is, is actually talking a lot of sense. Um, he talks about uh, the cost of production of concrete and and steel and all that massive. Uh, um, raw elements that that are used in everyday uh, life yeah everyday yeah use. and yeah, no but i don't know it's very hard to to see how it's gonna develop in the future i mean specifically for the building uh, industry it will be some sort of mega 3d printing machine that have already being tested yeah and, uh, material efficiency but um like you know you make a 3d printed steel structure so it will be using exactly the right amount of steel in each point but yeah. we're not there yet we're not there yet like mm, steel, i mean it, it makes it, it it makes a lot of uh, it, it's making a, a, like big leaps uh i'm like Owing to 3D printing, I love I love the concept, and uh, I've had my 3D too. printers for years. Uh, I think like uh, kind of living space, you should be more aware uh, of those kind of if you're into architecture. Uh, like yeah, yeah, no, definitely they're testing a lot of that for the buildings on Mars. You know, yeah, because they cannot kind of launch bricks and mortar into space. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. they just gonna. <laughs> launch a machine that's going to be using the sand of Mars to 3D print the buildings and stuff like that. But um, to me, if if I want to be realistic, the 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 main focus should be like on the energy production, first of all, so that we work really on finding, I don't know, if it's going to be cold fusion or whatever is going to be that generates that amount of energy we need. And then when the energy is kind of sustainably produced, you can do whatever. You can use steel, you can use yeah. whatever you want. And uh, I mean, fusion as well, fusion reactors. No one talks much about it, but uh, they're, they're, they're like massive advancements in, in the field currently. I kind of keep track of, of them as well. Uh, especially with AI, they recently, the last few years has been like news after news uh, about uh, AI um uh, keep keeping the plasma more stable like AI algorithms uh. yeah it's kind of interesting uh, i think we're getting closer and closer to whether something like the matrix or something like terminator <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is uh <laughs> this is my opinion <laughs> like it's logic like um I mean, everything digital is kind of better, so it's obvious. Um, 
we'll see. But I think that it's we're a little bit behind schedule from what people might think. I mean, it's not so. We're not. Yeah, we're speeding up every year. Like if you imagine before how much was happening in a year and now how much was how much is happening in a year. Like like uh, two two years ago, the world was like a, it's like a hundred years ago. Yeah, it happens so much. Um, so it's it's gonna be interesting. But uh, as we said, it's gonna be very interesting. Um, and one thing that I'm curious, like if I scroll through your Instagram, that you said it's recently, but you have quite a lot of content. How do you imagine? Uh, what is your creative process? Like I wouldn't come up with these ideas you for you the. For the AI, uh, you No, for the images, like you have sort of this, um, let's call them artistic periods where you have, I don't know, a bunch of, um, I don't know. Uh, like, yeah, they're team-based kind of, sort of. I explore, I mean, I, uh, I, I kind of get inspired by stuff on semi-weekly basis, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> uh let's say something picks up my mind and i want to go and explore that uh, theme for a while uh being like a material being a color or like uh, i want to play with i don't know let's say perfection or a sound or just a word or whatever it is uh i'll get hooked up and uh try to see if i can combine it with stuff um for my 3D work, depending on the project, I like to, I mean, you wouldn't see any of that in my Instagram currently, but uh, probably I should actually start uploading them. I do mind maps. I don't know how popular are they, but I find them very interesting. Um, mind maps help me develop ideas which I wouldn't otherwise come across. Uh, so you do mind maps, like, yeah. Can you make like uh, an example of how an idea gets generated? Like, um... I mean, let's say you wanna you wanna start uh, express uh, or you wanna for, for my, especially for my interactive work. Uh, I'll, if I wanna make an experience for a person, let's say. Uh, I ask myself, uh, what are the possible uh, feelings a person could uh, experience? And let's say it's fear, uh, it's love, or it's like stress or excitement or whatever, and start drawing those into paths. And then ask, keep asking myself questions for each of for each of the individual. Uh, feeling how can i uh invoke that feeling um with what i can invoke it like let's say you want to uh, produce a feeling of stress in a person or excitement you have to um, produce an event uh, that will be like uh I don't know. It's it's kind of uh, 
But you have to translate let's... this into graphics, right? Like yeah, yeah, know. yeah. So let's say you want to get a person scared, you you go into like uh, branch out to like a scary images um, or a sound or um, try to think of uh, possible situations one might uh, fall into that kind of feelings. Um, you know, and it, it keeps branching and then at some point you can uh, keep uh, bringing things together into strange ways. Uh, like you want to, let's say, make a person uh, taste, uh, taste a, a word and how would you do that? Uh, you can have, a, let's say, a 3D printer with uh, like several kind of uh, like chocolates tasting uh, differently and you can mix them depending on uh, I don't know a letter of like a letter or color or whatever as a <laughs> input I don't know <laughs> I, I have a question like you you mentioned you started with painting since early on and and I've studied myself at a school of art in in Rome and um, one thing that we studied a lot was history of art and the yeah. history of art is really good exactly for this because you study how artists conceptualize their art. You don't only study, like, you study yeah. why they did it the way they do it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, even in, in, in the UK, my, most of my education, art education, was more about uh, the process than the actual uh, final work you produce. Uh, so we even had like uh, scrapbooks. They they were at, at, at the beginning was very strange to me, uh, but they were asking us uh, all the time to like uh, pick up random bits and pieces we find every day, like we find exciting or interesting uh, to write about them. Why like explore the different materials or colors or put stuff together in unusual ways. Um, and basically, uh, build up that sort of workflow uh, and I, I kept doing that with everything. So by the time now we're talking and uh, in this day and, and times you have, for example, one of the latest images and uh, yeah, the mainly images you've created on your Instagram account are like with this um, ancient Egypt team. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how did you come up with this? Like, how did you do this? Because they're like, when you scroll through, there are like, I don't know, maybe I think there are some of your self-portrait edited into crazy stuff, or there are just some stuff that come out of fire, some stuff come out of water, and yeah, like they're very, very different. And then suddenly there is, for example, Asian Egypt. <laughs> how, did, how did you come up That's... with this? That's actually one of one of the first uh, mid journey stuff I, I tried. Oh, okay. um, the the day I uh, like the week I got access to it, uh, I was back in my hometown in Pomoria, and I was digging through my old books and like sorting books, and uh, I came across that uh, 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 encyclopedia of. Uh, Egypt pyramids and like uh, the pharaohs and 
I was going through it and I was like, yeah, I, I, I would definitely make a series of, <laughs> of Egypt images and like all the pharaoh, uh, pharaohs and all that, uh, all the gods. Uh, actually, these are all the gods, uh, all the Egyptian gods. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I kind of know. And this is generated yeah. by Midjourney. Yeah, so these are, these are Midjourneys. Yeah. Oh, this is crazy. This is like <laughs> uh, Midjourney. It's, it's, uh, what is it called? It's going to be the next thing. Like you just go into Midjourney, type something, make NFTs, sell them. <laughs> Probably, really I don't know. I, they have like a policy against NFTs. Actually, mo most, wow. of the AI, uh, most of the AI are against NFTs as well. Um, at least I'm for now. I'm telling you what people are going to do. <laughs> no, no, I'm definitely sure. Uh, but uh, yeah. It's very difficult because of those same problems with uh, copyrights as well. They they know it's gonna bring them a ton of issues. Uh, you know so what? Like they, um, I I I fir the first time I heard about Mid Journey was like I didn't even know that exists because um, I don't do this. I mean I know about stuff. I know how to open a software. I know how to yeah. move around the software, but unfortunately, or fortunately, or whatever, it happened that my job is. I like to do a lot of things like you, and that's why I'm fascinated by your uh, multiplicity of uh, of these all these facets that your creativity has. But unfortunately, we have a limited amount. And for example, also like uh, when I work long. Uh, when I work on a project and then um, it's being built, like the most beautiful part of being an architect on projects that are constructed is that you kind of walk through your physical ideas afterwards, right? So yeah. if you design a space, it's very, very weird when you draw it on paper and then they build it and, you, and then you go and it's like, it's very weird. It's like you walk into your own head. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I never have the time to explore too much these other softwares and creativities because the the job itself is very intensive, and um, um, and that's why I didn't have so much interest about Midjourney. I saw it from my guys, my friends. I think uh, Federico Biancula was one of our guests on the podcast, and uh, he shared about. Uh, and uh, mid-journey generated renderings and I didn't have at, at the beginning I said okay this is nothing for me because if we need an image for our project we need our image to be exactly like we want it we don't want something randomly generated by an AI yeah. um, and but then I thought hmm, you know what it would be funny to type in like me somehow my name on the Joe Rogan experience and see what it generates <laughs> or something about the podcast to see what it generates. And that's how I got curious to use it. But uh, uh, this morning, this morning I went to the website. Uh, no, I went on YouTube. I Googled how to do a mid journey image. And then I, I, I thought I just going to go on this discord server and it's going to be fine. But then I saw that you need this beta testing thing and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and um, well, but, so the real intention was never to make NFTs or just really <laughs> generate some funny images. Uh, for I mean, I see, I see uh, this type of AI like mid journeys because it's not the only one I use. Uh, but I see it as a kind of a 
development stage uh, like concept uh, quickly generating concept ideas or looks or stuff like that all those some of the images i produce are very very like art like uh, you can go and explore like i've tried with logos i've tried with uh, like landscapes you know all sorts of stuff um, you can you can go nuts about about it um, so you can you can implement it I, I know people using it for like uh, character design for games uh, like concept character design or like all sorts of concept uh, stages in, in their workflow uh, this is what I think it is going to be most suited for um, but definitely not replacing any, any artists <laughs> not, no no not. no that's I mean, it's not precise enough. You like, for example, for certain purpose, it's like, yeah. Oh, uh, Dali too is actually super photorealistic. I should actually show you a couple of images, but yeah, not not right now, because um, it's not allowed to go on a live stream with it uh, currently. Uh, but I can send you a couple of generated images by Dali too, and you. You, you uh, just send me the images and I'm going to edit them in the video while we talk about them. Yeah, so that, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, no, definitely cool. In, um, it's also DALI like uh, free to use? Uh, uh, currently is in uh, closed beta. Um, uh, they are, because uh, it's hyper realistic and you can like generate uh, images that are like so realistic you can make a difference between actual photograph or whatever you you're asking and uh a real photograph so so they kind of uh are still in that stage where they want to have uh artists and people uh working with it and flag uh, different different problematic images uh making people aware of what it's possible with it and don't let it just flow around and produce a lot of fake shit <laughs> like uh and um unwanted content among all the stuff you've done so far on that people could see around your instagram page or anywhere else where you're present i mean i don't know if you are maybe on art station i know it's a platform that uh, I've got, artists. yeah, I think I've got one, but it's not, uh, not up to date. It's not, yeah, it's not up to date. I've got some 3D work over there. Uh, well, are, is it mainly you work AI somehow generated or no, no. some of the, like, for example, um, the, the things that you have done by you, like that you haven't generated with an AI or that you haven't. Yeah, uh, well, there's a lot of 3D, 3D graphics. I mainly do that. I mean, my AI work is just, uh, I, I mean, it's concept kind of exploring thing uh, and to keep myself uh, into the habit of posting work, which I don't actually have and I didn't have for many years. Um, but yeah, I've got a personal website, I've got Vimeo, I've got all that. I mean, all sorts of links, you can find bits and pieces of work everywhere. No, but can you walk me through your like um, creative process? Like when you do one of those projects where you um, do 3D graphics or yeah, CG 
art, whatever um, you want to call it, how how usually the process looks like from the concepts. So you start with this um, mental map, you said, and then yeah, well, that, how long it takes, more or less how long it, it takes probably depends on the kind of a project I'm working on because I'm a generalist and. Uh, for example, the projects I was working for mainly in the studio with uh, with the team in electric, uh, we will be a couple of people working on the same project, and uh, one of them will be building like assets uh, or the general three uh, D stage uh, scenes. Um, another person will be developing textures and all that. Uh, Lighting, you know, uh, I am more into uh, R&D work myself. Uh, I prefer prefer it to final image, uh, although I, I do a lot of uh, final renderings as well. But the process will be if we're we if we have the the freedom uh, for a complete like. Uh, like complete freedom to do whatever we want, uh, a brainstorming session, then mind map, uh, then general, like even hand drawn uh, sketches and storyboards. Um, there will be like material development, uh, general general looks, and then refinement for final image, um, and then we'll go to post. That's pretty much it. Uh, in terms of process but the projects that are on your instagram are they just personal no these are personal this this is all, all person, personal work and uh, this personal stuff do you how long it takes you to make uh, i don't know a personal project i mean of course as you said every project is different but more or less how well this ai stuff i do kind of uh, in about 24 30 hours um wow it it isn't much of a process. Uh, I mean, it, it is uh, in a way you, you get the basic idea, you type a prompt experiment. If the first you do a couple of iterations until you achieve certain look and then leave it to render the whole video for like 20 hours, then I do a little bit of post if necessary. Uh, I try to keep the, the post processing of that AI work as minimal as possible. Uh, but sometimes you need a little bit color crunching. <laughs> I think uh, one thing that would be super interesting if you do it, it's like you do a YouTube channel and just um, record the whole, you do one and Yeah, it. yeah, like, definitely. Just that do one. that and you're gonna, I think uh, you're gonna break the internet of the community. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a lot of stuff. Uh, I, 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 but it would be interesting to do also a little bit of uh, how you make the mind map because yeah mind maps are mind maps are actually quite interesting and uh, i don't see many people doing them i don't know how i got into it but uh, every time i do it i i end up uh, loving it because even if i don't use all of it uh, for a project you always have like a uh, a piece of thinking you can go back and refer to for different uh, projects. Um, and yeah, I find them particularly useful uh, and very inspiring kind of. No, 
how does your day look like? Like, um, what is now you're not employed, so you do everything on yourself. Uh, uh, what is usually you wake up and what happens <laughs> until you go to sleep? <laughs> well, I, I have a dog, so I'm an early starter. Like, eight o'clock is the latest I can <laughs> sleep for uh, in a day, eight o'clock in the morning. Uh, so I wake up, I go walk to my dog. Uh, then I have like a coffee and a breakfast nine around nine ten o'clock i'm on my computer depending on the day i'll be working on either graphics or audio and i try to do to break up my day into hours and like go through different different projects i'm working on i don't stay on a project for more than a couple of hours because uh, I get I get stuck, kind of creatively stuck and I try to juggle between a couple of projects at the same time uh, so I don't get bored as well um, and like the time from jumping from one project to another uh, the time it gives me uh, give me a little bit of perspective on the on the work I'm doing so if I'm kind of stuck or I, I like or I don't dislike something I've done, I have a kind of fresh eye to look at it when I'm back on it. Uh, this is this is kind of useful as well to me. Um, until then, until what time you stay awake in the evening? Oh, I'm, I'm like, I probably mid, midnight, like I do like long sessions, uh, oh. 15 hours a day, kind of uh, <laughs> workaholic kind of, uh, how about uh, I don't know um, so you're very like uh, um, how do you say you're very like hands-on um, do you have like some uh, routine for fitness or I don't know friends family <laughs> they need time to uh, well I, yeah well my family uh, I, I don't currently live with my family, so it's kind of I see them for holidays and all that. Uh, I'm not much of a phone guy. I don't call much. Um, so I've got a girlfriend and, and a dog. That's what it takes most of my time if I'm not working. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I try to balance as much as possible my personal life, although it gets um, most of the time it gets uh, eaten up by my work. <laughs> How about like you don't have a, for example, fitness routine or just no, walking, um, walking the dog is your movement during the day? Well, I the thing is because it's it's not all computer work I do. Uh, I do a lot of uh, like when I when I play with the band and all that. I travel a lot. Uh, I'm kind of at the same time. Mm, quite uh, on the road on the road yeah so that keeps me in a way fit um, and I've got I mean I I, I do a lot of, I make myself a lot of smoothies um, I cook for myself uh, so I don't eat a lot of rubbish food um, healthy yeah, food healthy food yeah definitely uh, but and not healthy on the side with the coffees i drink a lot of coffee 
Uh, that's uh, that's okay. I can understand that. I have a rule that I don't drink coffee after three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, I've got the same rule, but uh, never, never, <laughs> never works for me. Um, no, but it, I was curious about that because, you know, like it's very romantic to talk to you and see all the cool stuff that you do, but I want also, you know, to hear from you also the amount of work and time that you have to spend into it. So people have to be aware that um, if they want to do whatever they want to do, they have to accept also what are the consequences. And you can- Yeah, yeah, like, definitely, definitely. You cannot have like a Netflix and chill evening and then do <laughs> AI crazy shit on the computer. And yeah, 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 no, it doesn't work exactly like that. <laughs> And then the one thing that it sounded cool from your duality between the bands and the music and the work on the computer is that you get sort of um, every person needs like um, uh, to have a little bit of adventure every day. So your adventure is going on the road with your band and it gives you the, the need of... Um, the need of this change like yeah that's how i space between audio and uh, visuals uh, it's when i do music i completely switch off from my computer and and yeah i don't even answer my calls that much <laughs> and then when you when you come back you are like now need a little bit of chill you um sit on a computer and do graphic one thing that was super interesting i heard on the last we did the latest podcast we did was with these guys that are also uh, bulgarian and german they're called technobeton oh uh, yeah cool you, guys. Know you did yeah i mean I've, i know the guys but i don't know them personally but uh yeah they're very interesting i didn't know you had podcasts with them definitely yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> i think it was the last the 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 latest or the one before that uh okay. i i don't remember we like i'm I'll so check bad it, I'll check it. there are over 100 episodes now so i'm so proud <laughs> of my work but i don't remember the numbers anymore yeah uh, and um unfortunately just the bulgarian part of techno beton could be on the interview we did a live stream with them because it was interesting they did a little bit of a presentation on their work and they awesome. also work in cinema 4d and they do techno music and stuff yeah. Um, and uh, the the uh, Yasin, the, the the guy said that it's ironic that um, he he loves shortcuts on the software because yeah. when you're with shortcuts and mouse, it feels like playing music. Designing feels like playing music because you yeah. can just uh, turn off and just do your stuff and you generate your design. I've I've got a space mouse for that. I don't know if some guys are using it. It's more. In Architecture. I don't think it's... No, I don't. What is this? Oh, uh, it's like a 3D uh, space mouse uh, that with a lot of shortcuts, like uh, that control the software. Um, so it's kind of separate thing. Uh, never, never. After this podcast, never reveal the address of your studio or your <laughs> home because uh, <laughs> uh, out of security, you shouldn't say where you live. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But my security system on. <laughs> yeah, that's, no, that, that's that's an issue as well. Yeah, that's uh, that's good that you do that. You have that on check. <laughs> uh, 
And, but, and do you do you have like some plan for the near future in which direction you wanna develop because you have so many options in front of you and so many ways you could go? I mean, it's been a long, uh, like a long pursuit uh, plan for like an audiovisual act, uh, like uh, music and live visuals uh, as a complete performance. Um, I've kind of tried doing it a lot of times and uh, never had had it this, the way I wanted. Um, but currently with uh, with one of the, with Milanita, we're working on a lot of new tracks and uh, I do a lot of the visuals for them, like uh, videos and all that. And I think we're uh, kind of going to that place where probably it's going to be become uh, an audiovisual performance. Uh, and I definitely want to uh, go into that direction currently. Um, it's It's been a dream kind of thing. Uh, and I see it somewhat happening currently. So yeah, in the near term, probably in the next year, that's, that's what I want to do mainly. No, sounds sounds really interesting. I'll be I'll be following and I'll I'll be seeing what is the progress in which direction you're going. And uh, if there are news, like I, you 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 can always come back to the podcast and share with the audience what is going on. Yeah, um, <laughs> thanks. We we covered a lot of topics with you. We'll be never able to cover all the topics you could talk about in one conversation. Yeah. Um, but I want to always end up the conversation in a positive note uh, with uh, our, I call it, uh, um, box of inspiration, something like that, where I ask, uh, it, it's a very spontaneous question. You don't have to uh, be too thoughtful or to cover all the things. But I ask always people when they need to get inspired or fired up, what is, uh, if they have some favorite, I don't know, book, movie, uh, music, place, sport, podcast, I don't know if you was the food, whatever you think that you love doing when you need to uh, recharge the batteries or I don't know, get inspired or I would say definitely my my place for inspiration is silence uh, and let's say a walk into the park or forest or walk by the sea or whatever it is that uh, isolates me from people and like electronics and all that i mean if i if i am left alone i can i can have the space to start thinking and with thinking it's inspiration and so this is this this is my formula <laughs> well uh it's another new, new, new uh, way of trying to get inspired. I, uh, you're the first one saying this method, so I'm uh, curious and I'm gonna try it. Um, Ivo, thank you very much. It was a real pleasure to getting to know you. And again, you're always welcome back when there are news uh, with your creative career and path. Thank you very much. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Have a good day. Bye bye. Bye.